three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. This is Hunter here. This is the real pineapple, and I'm here with. For honestly, you're becoming like one of my favorite viewers. Like I'm so happy because I remember initially when we were talking about this, you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, no, no, you'll be great at this. And I've gone through and listened to our Halloween review, and you were so good on that. So I'm so happy to have you here for this movie that. I'm not going to lie, I liked as much, if not more, than Halloween. Uh, Allie. Hi, Allie. Hi, everybody. Yeah. You know me, I love my horror, uh, so I had to come do this one. Um, I was a huge fan of Us. I thought it was great. It was super spooky, uh, way scarier than Get Out, but definitely like just as good. So I will say, as a black man, uh, Get Out scared the shit <laughs> like, Fair! Like, I'm uh, white, so... <laughs> like, so, no, get out. I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, I primarily date white girls. It's a horrifying concept. That it, uh, it's like if you found out vanilla ice cream would, like, poison you. Right. <laughs> like, get, so, get out's an amazing movie. And I think if there's a, and this isn't even a problem. I think this is kind of unfair to frame it like that. But if there is, there are people who went... Eh, I didn't like this as much as Get Out. This is a very different film from Get Out. And I think that people were expecting Get Out 2. I went into this... So I haven't watched Get Out in about a year. And I really didn't want to. Because I didn't want Get Out to kind of frame my point of reference for this film. I wanted to give us its its uh, own merit to kind of breathe on its own. And as far as a film... Um, so, we're going to have you on for these starting next week, too. Twilight Zone comes out next Monday uh, on CBS All Access, which is the only reason I really have CBS All Access. The only I, reason I'm going to get it. Yeah. I keep, I keep wanting to start Star Trek Discovery. I just haven't. Like, it, it's on my list of TV shows I need to get through. But, um, but Twilight Zone is my favorite TV show of all time. Like, Batman the Animated Series is right underneath it. But as far as something that really started my my geekdom, it was Twilight Zone. I still remember seeing the monsters were doing Maple Street and that when I was six. Six? Yeah. When I was six and sci-fi used to do those, you know, Memorial Day marathons. I remember that just being a such a mind fuck for me, going, Oh my god, what the hell did I just watch? And that really starting my um, I'm not a big horror guy, but as far as like thrillers and suspense, I really appreciate when it's done well. So when Get Out came out, it was a it came from nowhere too. I remember I was like, Jordan Peele did this? That's amazing. Okay. So expectations were really high for this. Uh you get of course uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who I, I just have to say, and this might sound weird given the subject matter. She's never been sexier to me than she was in this movie. I don't know what it was, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, Black Panther, yeah, you're great. And I won't say she was great in 12 Years a Slave because that's that's subject matter. That's it's a different, whole different thing. Yeah, oh, her getting whipped. Uh, woo, but, but, but seeing her in this, um, 
there's a reason why they put her first billing. Not just because she won the Oscar, but she has the most range of emotions she needs to show. And I don't know if there's another actress who could have done this as well. I know it's a very lofty claim, but Lupita was amazing in this. And I think everyone's great in this, but I think it will go Lupita and everyone else, kind of, as far as... I agree. Uh, as far as building. Yeah, kind of your thoughts going into this. Um, so I was, I'm a huge horror person, so I, of course, uh, was really excited on the first trailer, but I thought from the trailer, immediately, this movie's gonna be different and scarier than Get Out. Like, it's like a whole different level of horror. I don't do well with home invasion films, that's like the biggest fear I have. Yes, like, I'm not afraid of, like, I've seen tons of horror movies, but The Strangers is like the only movie that I still still terrifies me. So I thought that this movie was going to be all home invasion. I was like, I'm going to go because I know it's going to be good, <laughs> but I'm going to hate it because it's going to be so scary. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it, I mean, I also really love Winston Duke. Um, Mbaku. Yeah, I yes, love. Mbaku. And I just, I love him in general. And he was so funny in this. And he was like, so, I just, he was like one of my favorite parts of it because he did that like parallel between being like, a horror actor and a comedy actor at the same time like a lot of the like uh tension breaking moments come from him which was great but i do think that the the best person in this was lupita for sure like she had to play two basically two characters two very different characters and so what i will say too about this movie um first off elizabeth moss who's on the handmaid's tale and of course you know her from from uh from mad men um you want to talk about an actress who and this is going to sound weird to say, I think Lupita Nyong'o is not only underrated, but I think she's underappreciated, to be completely honest. Um, I remember when, oh, she was in episode, she was in Star Wars, she was in Force Awakens, that's right. And I'm blanking on the name of the character, but I remember black black folks, and I think I can speak to that. Um, if you first time listening, yes, I know, I, I'm black, shocking from the voice, but, uh, but, but Lupita's in Star Wars, I remember people going, oh my god, she's not... It's not her. She's just voicing a CGI character. And I went, she's actually one of my favorite parts about this movie in the limited space she's had. I mean, between this and Black Panther and Told Her a Slave and then Us, I mean, she has really shown her range in that she's not a one-trick a, a one trick pony, that she can really do so many different types of things. Um, Winston Duke, of course, you know, uh, Mbaku from Black Panther and in Infinity War. Uh, he's one of the few people in Wakanda left uh, currently. <laughs> but I thought Winston Duke, though, I, I, this is going to sound weird to say, I think he's going to get Aaron Eckharted in this because Lupita Nyong'o, she's going to be Heath Ledger because everyone's going to be talking about Lupita. Rightfully so, again, might I add, because she's so great in the role, but I think Winston Duke is going to be kind of like Aaron Eckhart was when Dark Knight came out, when people were like, dude, Heath Ledger, oh my fucking god, he's great, but I remember getting the arguments of people going, you know, Aaron Eckhart just as good, he just, it, and also you could make a case he's better because he has to show more range from Harvey Dent to Two-Face, um, that is not the case here because Lupita is just, <laughs> she, she's better, let me just throw that out there, but Winston Duke though, he goes from kind of that kind of carefree dorky dad admittedly uh he is having a lot of fun you can tell with the co- comedic aspects but when it has to go dark and he has to play his uh his red uh, doppelganger first off i will say kind of with your fear of home invasions my biggest fear and this is so cheesy but i don't care 
One of my fears is me and my doppelganger. I'd imagine he's like a super... I'm trying to think of the opposite of me. So he's probably a super... Super racist gangster who drives and <laughs> likes to shoot guns, baby. Like, because I hold a gun, I freak out. But but seeing kind of the mirror image of themselves was really fascinating. And they, they're playing both roles. So seeing Winston Duke and Lupita play their roles, I thought was crazy. The kids in this movie, oh my god. Because, and we've talked about this off mic, there is nothing that will sink a film quicker than if the kid actors are shit. And so when I saw the kids, I was like, uh, okay, I really hope you're good. Um, the kid actors are just insanely good in this. Like, to a point where, um, I want to say, uh, uh, Evan and Alex, he plays Jason. So his, I guess you call him his doppelganger, um, he has this mask on, but it's more of a, almost like a skin mask, kind of. Yeah. But he's like growling and, and crawling, and his his sounds is are, are so feral, and I don't know what it is about just that feral aspect of humanity. It really creeps me out. So whenever he was growling, I was like, "All right, stop that right now. This is making me uncomfortable." But um, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about kind of the actors in this, like. Uh, the other person that I was, like, super shocked by, because I didn't know he was in this, because, like, obviously they put Elizabeth Moss in the trailer, and I love her, because I loved Mad Men, and Peggy was my favorite character on Mad Men, besides really? Joan. Joan. I, I, I love, so I have a huge thing for Christine. Hinders, so does Aaron. But, yeah, yeah. And yeah, as well Joan, he and Joan yeah. did not, didn't get the credit she deserved on that show. Yeah, agreed. But, anyway, the other person is the guy that plays her husband, Tim Heidecker, and Aaron is the biggest fan of Tim and Eric Austin's show. Is he show. really? Yeah, he loves Tim Okay, so I'm, so I'm happy you touched on that. So, uh, as I've mentioned on here before, like I'll smoke weed quite often. Um, I don't get Tim and Eric. I don't. I don't. I don't get it either. Like, I've never found it funny. But he thinks it's like the funniest show. Really? Like, it. It's honestly, if you guys don't know what Tim and Eric is, it was like uh, an early two thousands Adult Swim show that was like Tim and Eric awesome show. Yeah, Tim and Eric awesome show, and it's literally Tim Heidecker and uh, Eric Warheim. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, they did like a weird sketch comedy thing and the sketches are super weird but like they got a lot of famous people to be on it because Will Ferrell was on it so was John C. Riley. He got he was Dr. Steve uh, Brule that's where that came even, from. You know what's funny is like I think Dr. Dr. Steve Brule that show was funny but I, I never thought Tim and Eric was funny. Yeah, Tim and Eric's not my thing but I gotta say like he in this I was like alright well we get to see him in a totally different capacity uh, he was so good. Like, he was funny, yeah. Like, his character was a little bit more of a, like, comic relief. But yeah. when they get to his, and I guess this is where we're like, it's a spoiler. Oh, spoiler oh yeah. Thing. Oh, a full spoiler. So, okay, let me just <laughs> pull back real quick. If you have not seen us, seriously, go see it. Then come back. And just pause it at, like, the 11-minute mark. And then come back and listen to this. Because we're going full spoilers. Because for what I love about this movie, and there's a lot... We have to get into full spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, so when so it turns out that it's not just the uh, the Wilson family that has doppelgangers, but it turns out everybody in the world has a doppelganger, which is probably the bigger twist in this. Um, because I was not expecting them to just like appear okay. in that scene where they get butchered but his him playing his doppelganger with not being able to speak and just creepily like stalking winston duke's character was horrifying and so good and i was like good for you like you were obviously a much better actor than tim and eric <laughs> gives you credit for so, so what would be your doppelganger then 
my doppelganger. All right, well, she'd have zero tattoos and no fun colored hair, and she would be super conservative. Ooh, uh, preppy, probably. Probably preppy and yeah. probably uh, very religious. <laughs> <coughs> oh, God, that... <laughs> I'm like, oh, that last part of them? Yeah, that sounds better. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> uh, it would be weird. I uh, I know... I don't even know what it would be like to see my own doppelganger. It'd just be freaky. Well, it reminds me of that episode of Buffy when Willow meets her doppelganger. And I was like, oh, oh. yeah, Evil Willow. Yeah, Evil Willow. Yeah, like 15-year-old me loved Evil Willow. Well, <laughs> then, to bring it back to uh, Twilight Zone, this he said he got, uh, you know, like a lot of the inspiration for this came from the episode with the girl who... The mirror episode. Yeah, the yeah. mirror episode where she keeps, like, people keep seeing her doppelganger, but she isn't. So they keep having interactions with her that she doesn't remember. And she's, like, convinced that this doppelganger is trying to take over her life. And, I mean, that's kind of where this whole movie's plot comes in. And you want to jump into the plot here a little bit? Sure. Um, I mean, you get a lot of it from the trailer. Uh, but not but not a lot. Like, yeah. it's, it gave you just enough, but not enough to, like, spoil shit. Yeah. So, the beginning starts with... Uh, it actually starts in the 80s. Um, with a young girl who does turn out to be a young Lupita Nyong'o's character, Adelaide. Um, so she is, it's her birthday, she's on the Santa Cruz boardwalk, and uh, she's with her parents who are fighting and not really paying attention to her. She uh, disappears and goes down the beach, um, passing a guy with 11-11 Jeremiah sign. Yeah, and that's, that comes back many times. Yes, it does. And she ends up in, like, one of those fun houses with the mirrors that make it, like, impossible to figure out where you are. So she starts whistling, and then somebody starts whistling back at her because the power goes out, and she's dark, and it's dark in there. She backs up into a wall. You see her reflection behind her. She turns around. Her reflection doesn't, and then it cuts to... Now, so obviously she's had an experience with her doppelganger well before anything in the the main uh, portion of the movie happens. Yeah. Uh, so the rest of it is just of them going on their family vacation to a summer home. Uh, and they are going to be going to the Santa Cruz boardwalk, which she's extremely nervous about, obviously, understandably, because it shows that she has a lot of post-traumatic stress from whatever happened to her in that funhouse. Um, so she's a very stressed out person. She's very nervous about her children. And when her son uh, goes missing for a second, she completely freaks out. Loses her shit. Like, literally. <laughs> like, but which, I'll be honest, like, when the movie gets into where she goes, you go... Okay, I get why you would freak out about this. Sorry, good. Yeah, no, and I totally agree. Like, they do splice in some, like, flashbacks to show, like, the aftermath of what happened when she was in the, um, like, in the funhouse. And they do at one point show that her doppelganger turned around and they looked at each other. And the little girl that plays her is horrifying. So creepy. They did such a good job with casting her because she was so scary. Um... But then it just, you know, like, it moves forward like any horror movie does. Like, it's just, like, gives you a little background on the characters and, like, what drives them. And then they end up in, you know, back at home. They're going back to, they're going to bed. She is extremely freaked out and wants to leave that second. She, honestly, this is when I, like, the, 
So women's so I just gotta say real quick interrupting women's in, women's intuition is a thing. So when she goes, we need to leave. I'm like, listen to her. You need to leave. And of course, you see, um, they see her doppelgangers. And I don't know why red is such a creepy color. It's my favorite color, ironically enough. But but seeing them dressed in all red, I went, oh, red, blood, oh, shit, run, run right now. And and I will say too, um, one thing about horror that always bugs me is when people make really dumb decisions. And it's just like, fuck, don't do that dumb shit. And especially black horror, I'm like, you just need to leave. So they, so Winston Duke goes out with a with a bat, and they immediately call the cops. I went, thank you. Okay. They made some really smart choices in this, guys. Like they did not do the classic, like really stupid horror movie mistakes. Like yeah, he yells at them, but when they start circling the house, he runs back in. He locks the door. Granted, since they're their doppelgangers, they know where the hide key is, so they don't even break in. They just unlock the door. Which I, I'm really <laughs> happy you brought that up because when they went, the, when they went to hide key route, I went. Yeah, they wouldn't know because there's a do- oh, there's a doppelganger. Yeah. Okay, that that actually makes sense. Um, so, so and then the movie just kind of evolves from that home invasion. So it's funny you bring up the strangers. I thought this was the best version of the strangers you could probably make because it is part home invasion, part social commentary. I will say for me, the social commentary aspect. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because Get Out is pretty. I don't want to say it's not paint my numbers at all because it's a great fucking horror film, but it's a little easier to kind of get the message Jordan Peele's trying to get out from Get Out. I really had to kind of take a step back and and honestly read some articles and what other people were saying about this. I think in the, and I won't make this a whole anti-Trump thing, even though the Mueller report just came out, but, but um, there is definitely political commentary here. I, I like the way they brought up Hands Across America, which I thought was really random at first, but then at the end when you see all of these the evil versions of ourselves holding hands, it does point to the concept of hey, have we done this this have we done this to ourselves? You know, and the answer is yeah, we, we honestly have. I mean we've we've killed each other, we've devalued each other, and it's not preachy, but if you want to look for that, it's definitely there. I think there's more social commentary in this, maybe then even get out if you're willing to dig a little bit. Um, I think my big, it's not even a complaint. I this is just me being a a, a total goon, <laughs> admittedly. But I think people almost want to take certain movies just at face value and don't want to think about it. I think this is something that will make you think, and if you delve in a little more i think it rewards you a little more that's kind of your thoughts on that yeah uh so i feel like um with get out the it's a lot more of a like like you said a little more obvious on what it's what it's trying to get a message it's getting across to you and i also think that it is speaking of a uh, situation that tends to really only affect black individuals so like where you said that get out was a lot scarier for you than it was for me it's because i can't relate to certain aspects of that movie which i think is fair and i think that's the reason he made that movie yeah with us i feel like it's not just talking about like struggles in the black community but i think it's also talking about struggles in everyone's community like i feel like it talks it's talking about like people as a whole and not just like one subset with you know like 
like you said, with uh, everybody's, like, doppelgangers holding hands, like, that's the point. Like, they're, everybody has, like, an evil version of themselves, and I feel like they're everybody, they're, there are people, and I do genuinely think that, pe- for the most part, people are good, but there are people who are letting their evil selves come to light and take over, and basically killing off their good selves, and those, and... That doesn't happen with everybody, but I think that's kind of like what this movie is showing is that like you can't say that this isn't you, it is you. Yeah. It's just a different version of you. I think it's interesting you bring up get out in that in the sense of again, being a being a black man in this country, get out. I'm sitting there watching this and I went, I don't like this like I don't like this at all because it's really making me very sad and scared and you know, it, just in general. Um just a just a quick segue story because it makes me laugh. So when I was sixteen, I went um, I went to pick this girl up for a winter formal, and I'm in you know my in my black suit and white shirt, and I remember I go up to the door, and <laughs> and her dad tips me twenty dollars because he thought I was there to drive the limo, and I remember <laughs> and I remember this black kid going, oh man, this is fucking irritating, <laughs> and and almost double my lifetime later, it's like. Oh, I still have shit like that happen to me. <laughs> it's like, that's really quite a bummer. So, even if you take something like Get Out and you plug in, like, you know, women, the way that we devalue women and we have, you know, Seventeen Magazine and Glamour and all the shit that is literally made to just beat women to the ground and then go, hey, you want to feel better about yourself? Buy our magazine. Like, you know, it, it, you can really plug in any, I think, oppressed group even if it's not just black people, plug that in and Get Out still works. What I find interesting about this movie, though, is that it really does kind of take that the, the spotlight and make you shine it inward a little bit and go, what are you doing that is either helping the problem of this divide? Because, you know, I wasn't alive 50 years ago, but I could you could make a very good case our country's never been more divided than it is right now and it hasn't been in as much conflict as it is right now. You can blame that on technology and, you know, such and such. But in the day, though, you know, you take the, the, the red version of ourselves versus the, quote, normal version of ourselves. There's a lot of conflict just, you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you're, you know, minority, minority. Like, I mean... There are divides across so many different lines, and I think Jordan Peele was smart enough to realize that um, this won't play the same way as Get Out does. I think some people will knock this down a little bit because it's not Get Out, which I which is really unfair, by the way, to Jordan Peele because he made a completely different movie, and I think you need to be in the right mindset to go ahead and actually think about it. I saw this on. Friday. Friday? Yeah. I saw it Friday after work. When, when did you see this, by the way? Thursday night. You saw it th- oh, wow. You saw it Thursday. Okay. Yeah, it was the only time I had time to see it, actually, because I was going to go Friday, and then I actually went and saw Aziz Ansari. Oh, how, how, how was he, my lord? Uh, he's amazing, and he, I mean, I sat in the front row, which was horrible because he totally called me out at one point. Like, he, he talks to his front row, yeah. and it's nerve-wracking when somebody that is super famous calls you out in front of a group of what like, do you hundreds say, of people. What do you say to you? Oh, he was doing a whole thing about minorities and, like, white people. And so he <laughs> asked me if I liked the movie Crazy Rich Asians, which I did. I mean, I, it's I a did good too. movie. Yeah. And he's just like, well, was it your favorite movie? And I was like, 
No. And he was like, well, why wasn't it your favorite movie? It had an all-Asian cast. It was a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, I don't know. I liked other movies better. And he was like, see, I'm making this white girl so nervous. Oh, my God. And, and he's like, yeah. And, and, you know, I he made his point. And obviously, he wasn't, like, he was like, I'm just messing with you. Like, you know, yeah. like, it's, it's no big deal. But, like, he was, like, trying to make a point that, like, um, while most people now are, like, trying to actually be there for other races and minorities and the LGBTQT, uh, like... Community. Community. I was... That word slipped my mind. Uh, there are people who are kind of treating it like, well, I am an ally, but they're doing it to, like, give them... Make themselves feel better. And so that was kind of why he was, like, talking <coughs> about how people talked about how Crazy Rich Asians was the best movie, but they can't exactly say why they thought it was the best movie. That's and sure. Or they give some bullshit excuse like, well, it was really nice for my Asian friends because they got to see themselves represented. And, like, that's a bullshit answer on why you like the movie. Yeah, like, give me an actual reason why you like the movie. Yeah, and so that was what he was trying to prove. And, like, he was, you know, and he was, honestly, like, for a comedian, he did have a lot of social commentary because he also talked about, like, the divided nation. But he said that he thinks there's three groups there's the extremely loud, very intense Trump supporters. And he's like, I'm not talking Republicans. I mean the people that are like Hillary's in charge of ISIS people. <laughs> and then he says that there's the other people who are the exact opposite. They're the like super ultra liberals, like the the ones that most people don't even fall into that they do like crazy liberal shit. And then he said that then there's the rest of the world who's kind of just like watching them. He, he referred to it as Biggie and Tupac and the rest of the world as boys to men. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, I love that, actually. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> I mean, so do you fall in with boys and men? Boys yes, and men? I've, I, I mean, yes, I have some left leanings and I'm obviously not a Trump supporter, but I also am not, like, the most left-leaning person where I, like, can't think for myself, which I think that both of those groups fall into. Like, I don't I think agree. it matters what side of if it you're on you kind of just like fall into this like well the rest of these people think that's so why i also think that well so so it's uh, spoiler here i'm going to go see this movie uh, unplanned which is a very it's from the same people who made uh, god's not dead if that tells you anything so <laughs> i'm going to see this um i'm seeing it thursday night because i refuse to pay for me and my girlfriend to see it because i know <laughs> i'm gonna be upset and i just go i like there's no part of me <laughs> That wants to pay for this movie twice. But I know we're getting off of us here, but guys, but bear bear with us here for a second. But um I watched the main actress on uh, Fox News Shocker uh, the, the other day, and she was talking about how we're not here to judge people that have had abortions. It's about justice and mercy. And I went, I call I I will take bullshit for a thousand, Alex. There's no way that you guys aren't gonna put some Really horrible Christian slant on this shit. So I'm gonna see it Thursday night. Um, I will. I don't even know if I'm gonna review it. I might do a written review on that because I don't even know if it's worth using my voice. But we will. We. we but just throwing it out there very quickly. If you're one of those people who is has a picket sign with a with a dead baby on it when a 16 year old girl goes to an abortion clinic and you go you're fucking wrong you're gonna burn um 
fuck off, Heinley. If you're listening to this podcast, turn it off. I don't even want your views or listens because you're part of the problem. And Allie's laughing at me right now. I don't really care because if those people are listening to this, I, I don't want you listening. I think like, that's fair. Like, I also don't want them listening to like this. Like, at all. Because you're, you're part... I mean, first off, it's a women's issue. Oh, okay, I know I'm going off... Three minutes. <laughs> but, but it's a woman's issue, one. Uh, there shouldn't be a bunch of dudes uh, voting on it, two. And three, the fact that we as a country have churches that go, hey, we're always here for you and everything. But, oh, you're pregnant at 16, slut. Oh, you want an abortion at 16? Double slut. Oh, but you let lust get into your heart? Well, you're not reading your Bible. Fuck off. Oh, but you can't masturbate. Triple fuck up. Yeah, I... Sorry. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings on it, too, but we will get... It. That is, This is not the time. Yep. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. But um, one thing I will say that worked better about this, uh, about us, than Get Out, there's more action in this. I mean, th- I mean there's that one scene um, uh, where, of course, he figures out, oh, shit, I need to get out of here. Um, Winston Duke and uh, Tim Heidecker have a pretty good action scene on a boat which shocked the shit out of me. I was like, oh, this is really well shot. And <laughs> and I totally made this comment in theater. I'll say it out here too. Um, I went and saw it with OJ, who, of course, features on here too. But I whispered over him, he has a flare gun that he shoots at a Tim Heidecker's character. I went, God, for a black guy, you think you'd be able to aim a gun a little better? <laughs> but he totally misses him, but at least this really cool action scene on a boat. Go go figure. Um, the, 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 the teenage girl who's in this, um, uh, that's, uh, that's Zora. So her doppelganger probably creeped me out the most because she... Smile. She, she's, she's smiling, but it's like that Wicked Witch of the West smile. It's a very... No light in the eyes. Yeah. It's a very creepy smile. And there's a point where she runs up on uh, the Wilson's car. And I went, I don't like this at all. I'm like, you need to stop this right now. You're freaking me out. And I, she's going to be something. I really hope she gets more acting roles. Because I think if she can carry... If she can do this goodness. I think she'll do great in whatever that she's actually uh, put in. Uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. I really feel like they do a lot with every... Everybody had to basically play two people and two extremely different people. So I feel like it really showed everybody's acting range because they had to not only be the character that they were in the normal world, but they had to be their tethered, as they're called in the movie. Uh, which is basically like a soulless human. Like they, they're maniacal and evil. There, there is no like. None of them really seem good, except for of course, if we're gonna get to the big twist. Of yeah. The oh, end. So so yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We're full of spoilers at this point. So I will say, the movie is great. The movie is great the whole way through, and then you get to this part where um uh at uh. At, uh Oh my god, I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna ask you to, to pronounce the black name for Nipia. Can you do that? Oh, Adelaide? Thank you. <laughs> That's why you're here. Just lost my black card, but, but her her red. First off, there's um her version, uh, her red character, when she says be careful, 
instant goosebumps. I went, I don't like this at all. And there's a point where her red is shoving, uh, shoving her down into this like glass table, and the glass is cracking. And I was like, okay, fuck, please stop doing that. Um, some, some, so Santa Cruz, by the way, this movie pretty much goes, don't ever visit Santa Cruz as long as yeah. you. They made that boardwalk super creepy. Like, I was in Santa Cruz two years ago. I went, I don't ever want to go to Santa Cruz again. Yeah, like, I'm never going to go into a fun house with mirrors either. So, I, so I went, I've gone to a carnival uh, twice. Uh, I'll, quick story here. So, I was three, and this is why I hate clowns and I refuse to watch it. Um, I was three, and I was talking, and, like, I'm, my mom's holding me, and I turn around, and I remember this clown is about, a foot away from me, goes, do you want some popcorn? I'm real crying. Go like, ah! <laughs> so, so, to this day, clowns freak me the fuck out. The second time I went, I was like 15. I remember ending up in the fun house for some reason. I remember seeing all these mirrors and I went, I don't like this at all. This is really freaking me out. So, when you do see the, the, the fun house mirror scene, it's, first off, it's creepy, because just seeing that many reflections of yourself, which, if you want to dive in spiritually, you obviously could, um, that's really creepy, one, <laughs> and then two, um, when the little girl reaches through, uh, Lupita's uh, young self, and reaches through and grabs her by the throat, I went, yep, fuck this, don't like this at all. No, I, plus, I don't know what they did with the lighting in that scene, but the first time they show her doppelganger as a little girl turn around, there was something with the way that they did the lighting that made her look like she had monster teeth and black eyes, and it was horrifying, and that was scarier than anything in this whole movie for me. I was like, Jesus Christ, that thing is creepy. The initial home invasion, invasion, because I'll admit, like we were talking about The Strangers earlier, The Strangers is a very creepy movie. Any home invasion, um, it's, uh, what am I thinking of, uh, Little House, uh, Last House on the Left? So, I'll be honest, guys, if you've never seen Last House on the Left, I think the original is great. I think the re- I think the remake is actually really well done too. So, r- rape is a thing in movies that it, it obviously it, it really makes me uncomfortable. Whenever I see, it, I'm just like, fuck. Okay. Um, I think the best thing that's handled it as far as rape in in a show or movie is Jessica Jones. I think that's actually been one of the better things that's done a great job of saying, hey, yes, this is fucking horrible, but you can overcome it. But last house on the left, I went. I want these invaders to get killed in the most brutal ways for what they fucking did. Yeah. And, and the, the feeling of dread and just horror with that film is very similar to The Strangers for me. I freak out when I think about someone just even breaking into my home. It's like, okay, I don't like this at all. Um, that's actually probably the most effective part of this movie when the... Um, when the um, when the people in red actually break into the house, um, and you have um, you have Jason, um, I was gonna say playing from self freezing, uh, but when he's talking to his you know, to his red self, and they're in the closet, and they're playing with fire. I went, yeah, I don't like any of this. And when when Jason takes off his mask, uh, the red version of him. You see the, the the burn marks on his face. First off, great Freddy Krueger reference because I feel like that was a direct call out to yeah. Nightmare on Elm uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But 
when they're playing for fire, uh, when Jace is playing with fire and the red version himself is playing with the matches, and you're just sitting there and I went, something has to, to, to break here, something has to give. It is really freaking me out. Um, there are so many moments in that movie where I'm just like, okay, come on, guys, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was begging for them to run the whole fucking movie. I'm like, please just get out of this fucking death trap, which is, which is ironically what it turns out to be. Uh, uh, so Zora, she's a track star, and the evil version of herself has her hair down, and yeah, just has a smile the whole time. What's that? What's that YouTube? What's that meme that's going on right now? Like the the weird like oh Momo. Yeah, she actually looks like a little bit. I was like, yeah. oh, this is weird. It has a very creepy smile. Yeah, the red version of her does look like that, and so uh, Zora's a track star, and she goes, you know, run, and. Gives her just enough time to run, but not enough time that I'll let you get away, but enough time that I'll, I'll stalk you and really fuck with your mind. Um, it, this is a completely random reference, but I'm pulling from it. I love Weird Al Yankovic's Running with Scissors, and anytime I saw scissors in this, I went, these aren't happy at all. These are making me... No. These, like, these are... So, even cutting myself um, with scissors, I'd realize how bad that sin sounded, but accidentally... <laughs> Alex looked at me like, whoa, Hunter, oh, right, like, like, oh, we're getting into this, but, but, but accidentally cutting myself with scissors, uh, the gold, the gold shears, like, I thought were, were a really powerful, just, like, artistic look to how the scissors looked, um, of course, you know, you can draw just a very easy parallel of, hey, you know, you have one version of yourself, you have another version of yourself, I love the brown glove, because they remind me of clearly Nightmare on Elm Street. I went, okay. Like, I mean, there's some good horror homages there. And I feel like I'm missing some because, again, I'm not the horror buff that you are. I mean... I mean, even I feel like I'm probably missing some because... Were there, some, were there other ones that you were just seeing? Like, uh, No, not really. And I'm, I'm sure there are some that I, you know, <clears throat> went over my head. Um, obviously, there's like... You know, the part in the beginning when they show two tapes. But I don't think that they... Like, Chud isn't referenced in this. He, it's just, like, a movie he liked. So, so tell me about Chud. Because I, I, I hadn't even heard of it till you brought it up. I was like, what is this? Um, it's just, like, a it's like a sci-fi horror movie about, uh, like, mutants that are living under the city of New York that come <laughs> up. So, I mean, it is somewhat referenced because... When this movie opens, he talks about how there are millions of miles of, of tunnels under the United States that aren't being used. That they used to be like subway tunnels or like mine shafts. And that is brought in later when you see that that's where all the tethered came from. They were, they were in some sort of like facility underneath the rest of the world and just grew up there eating poor bunnies raw. Which, which, oh my god, those bunnies were so cute, and they just think about them being eaten. I was like, I well, know. It's like, fuck, okay, poor Thumper. So but. sad. Uh, so, I mean, that, I mean that's a, that is, a, I guess, a, a pretty big reference to, to Chud in the sense that, like, they're not mutants, they're yourself, but without a soul, I guess. Yeah. And they come up and they take over. Uh, so, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big one, so... I mean, so, um, the Hands Across America thing, like I said, I think it's just very fascinating that, you know, so many people can align in something that they think is right, but may not be right to the other side, which I thought was a very interesting, uh, concept. So, I'm gonna say something 
controversial, shocking on here, <laughs> but um, seeing the, the 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 thriller shirt that young Lupita was wearing, um, I will say this, <laughs> and again, gonna make people upset, but that's fine. Um, I watched uh, Leaving Neverland. It's, uh, I will say, it's not a good look, <laughs> to, to, put, to put it mildly. It was made before that documentary came out, because Aaron and I had the same reaction. We were like... Yeah. And then I, I was like, well, it did come out before, and also, at this point in time, in 1986, he was still a cultural icon, because Thriller had, like, just come out. Yeah. So and, I get why he would do it. Yeah, and I think what's an interesting concept is, what part of Michael do you draw from? I mean, that is... And I, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge Michael Jackson fan. I would rather listen to The Temptations than Michael Jackson, but that's just me. Um, the, the interesting question is, do you take that side of Michael that potentially, and again, he was acquitted, just throwing that out there, but that potential side of, you know, his red, basically, this monster version of himself, or do you take the you know, the other side of himself where he was just such a brilliant musician. I mean, it's, it's, I mean that alone is a very interesting dialogue that you can have. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge Michael Jackson fan, but the songs I do love of his, I really love of his. Well, but, I mean, he was, like, a literal cultural icon. Like, yeah. you never, even if he, like, all of that turned out to be true... Regardless, you can't really take that away from him. He's mm-hmm. still like added to the cultural zeitgeist and and stuff. But I think like I think it works in this sense if you think about the time frame that that scene takes place in, and like like what you just said, like the parallels that he himself has to the themes of this movie. Yeah, I it I'm I'm sure Jordan Peele saw that and then heard about Friday Neverland. He was like, fuck. Okay, like, too late now. Yeah, like oh, we're in post. Fuck my life. But um, so getting to the big reveal, so you find out that fucking um, I'm, again, I'm gonna refer to you. Allie. Thank you. <laughs> you find out that she's a red. She's been a red the whole time, and I will say that was a mind fuck of a moment for me. I was like, oh, you. I would say, like, in the theater, I went, oh, you bitch. Like, you got me. Like, I did. It was one of those things oh, that. I'm the opposite. I figured it out. Did, so, did, did I you? I figured it out so fast. Did you? Yeah. Uh, so, so humor me. What led to you figuring it out? Uh, so, there were a couple things. The biggest thing for me, actually, was the scene before the family even shows up in the driveway where she has her back to Winston Duke. Okay. And he's, like, trying to get her to, like, turn around because he's trying to be all sexy because he wants to get something going. He was hilarious. I love him. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> she's standing there and just her body language, I was like, man, she's really fucking creeping me out. And she turns around and she doesn't even really truly look like herself. And she can't really, she's not really coming across as truly human in that scene. And I was like, Ooh, maybe she already got switched. And then when it turned out that her uh, red was the only one that could truly talk because, so she has like a very raspy voice that sounds like it probably hasn't spoken words in 30 years. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's what they all sound like. But none of the other Reds can talk at all. They just make guttural, feral noises. I was like, why is she the only one that can talk? I'm pretty sure that she's she got switched. So I leaned over to Aaron and I said, I bet you it's going to turn out that she's actually the human one and that they switched when they were kids. And, he, and that's what it turned out. And I've talked to other people who... There, I see both sides. There were people who were like, I totally didn't see it coming. And then there yeah. are other people who are like me who were like, no, I totally thought that that was coming. 
And I think that, like, either way, I think it was super successful because, like, going back in and knowing the twist, there's probably way more references to the fact that she is a red the whole time. Like, she becomes very brutal very quickly. She leans into killing way faster than the rest of them do. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I think the... um... And I honestly, I just, I dismiss that to the whole survival, uh, survival instinct aspect, which is a really cool trick that the movie kind of plays on you because you go, oh, if people are trying to kill you, on instinct you try to kill them first. But even thinking about the movie, I was like, well, okay. So even the fact that she's eating, uh, that her original or her red in theory would have been eating rabbits, but then when the switch happens, she's eating just strawberries on the beach. I went interesting and i was like huh all right and 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 even just that little twist i went motherfucker jordan peele bravo sir like you like you you know you you got me there um as far as a complaint about the movie because it i'll admit it's hard to even think of one i think the you're just not gonna know what the fuck is happening for the first 25 minutes and i think some people just won't be okay with that but I was like, all right, you're, you're, you're giving me breadcrumbs to get to where I need to go. But I definitely did talk to some people who went, well, I thought this was going to be more intense or whatever. It, it, it does get there. Um, when Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss, when their characters and their, their daughters, um, when they kind of get, when they get fucking slaughtered, it is a brutal scene. That scene I felt like was more of a twist, for me at least, than the than Lupita's character turning out to be, like, a red the whole time. Okay. Was because I was expecting when they cut away to them, because they were obviously, they had, Winston Duke had already killed his double. Yeah. And... In a great way, by the way. Oh my like, god, the boat motor, man! What a brutal way to die. I mean, to cut someone in half. I, I mean, they they uh, he got Dewey Cox, you know, he yeah. cut cut in half. Yeah. It, it was brutal. Um, so they are in the car and they're driving away, and I was like, okay, like I think, and then they cut to Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss's characters, and I was like, okay, so what I think is going to happen is one of two things: either they're going to show up covered in blood and like, please help us. Or their doppelgangers are going to show up, pretend to be them, and then kill them. So when it turned out that they had their own doppelgangers that killed yeah. them, I was like, what the fuck? No, and, and and I can't express enough. When they pop up, it is from nowhere. Literal like, nowhere. Like, the camera pans right, and then pans back, and they're there. And you're like, oh, shit! And then just not... And then scissors through the neck. You're like, oh, my God! Okay, shit! Um... And I think the, the the last scene between Lapita and her doppelganger is an amazing scene. And um, one thing I'll give this movie over Get Out, the use of the score and the music is amazing here. Like, it, it is masterclass level shit. Um, you know, every song had a specific reason. Because in the scene with, uh, with that we were just talking about, with, with Kitty and... Um, what is Jason? What is it? Is that his name? Um, his character's name? Are you talking about the... Josh. It? It's Kitty and Josh. Yeah. So when they get uh, killed, they have a... Basically, it's an Amazon Echo, but it, they can't call it Alexa. They call it Ophelia. But it's an obvious reference to it. Oh, yeah. She says, you know, Alexa, call the police. And instead, they play fuck the police, which is, one, a joke about how Alexa can't hear you very well. I've worked with Amazon Echoes. And it's true. Sometimes she really just can't understand what you're saying. Yeah. But I also think that the there, there was an obvious reference to the fact that the police never came when 
they called them the first time, and the police were never going to come in this. Yeah, I so it's funny you bring that up, and I love how insightful you are. <laughs> I love the fact of that. I mean, um, J. Cole says that you know how um, it's a proven statistic that uh, police will show up in white neighborhoods quicker than black neighborhoods, and I did find that interesting that they said the cops are fourteen minutes away and the cops never show up. Never and, up. and I went, wow! I went, that's subtle, but if it's the, if you want to look for it, that's a very obvious reference that hey. This is a problem, and I went, "Fuck, okay." <laughs> like Jordan Peele, you, you, you get me. Um, the last thing I want to point out is the, uh, is uh, Jeremiah eleven eleven, which when I heard, and again, this is growing up in church. I I remember I remember enough of the verse I could kind of piece together what he was saying, but the verse from the King James version is, uh, "Therefore, thus saith the Lord, uh, behold, I will bring evil upon them, what they shall not be able uh, to escape, and though they shall cry on uh, unto me, I will not leave hearken unto them." If um, I I just I thought that was. That verse, I went, ooh, that's that's dark and creepy. Fuck. All right. Um, I, I mean, as far as complaints, I mean, I thought Winston Duke's character at the beginning, I think he kind of had to evolve into what the, the film needed, if that makes sense. Um, and again, you're just not going to know what the fuck is going on for, for parts of it. And as someone who likes to be able to try to piece things together... Um, it, uh, it 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 was like okay I just have to be okay with this not not working I did love that Winston Duke's character that he used a baseball bat I, I mean that's that's straight out of uh you know straight out of The Shining uh, with Wendy um there there's so much here to love uh, there really is and I and I kind of get irritated with people going hey Jordan Peele he's the next Hitchcock no he's the first Jordan Peele. And the fact that he's been able to make two great movies out the gate, that makes me feel very comfortable for Twilight Zone. Because the last time they tried Twilight Zone with Force Whitaker, it really just didn't work. You you know, I wanted to work so badly, and it just, it didn't. This makes me feel like, okay, Jordan Peele gets the gravity of what he's taking over, and he understands that he needs to, um, if you heard a random sound, it's my girlfriend dropping something. Um... (laughs) But over overall, though, I mean, this worked so much better than it had any right to. Um, I can't quite give it a fan fucking tastic, which is our highest. Um, I'm gonna fall right with an A plus on it. Like it's it's right. It's so close, and I could rewatch it uh, once it comes out on uh, 4K because I will be buying this in 4K, and maybe get a fan fucking tastic. But for now, I'm gonna stick with my A plus. So, yeah, A plus for me. Uh, Al, your final thoughts on grade? Uh, so even though I am like the biggest horror person, I'm actually going to give it an A minus, and okay. I have my one reason for this, and it's the only thing I didn't think was successful in this film. Uh, when at the very final confrontation scene, when Lupita is talking, the two characters are talking to each other. She gives a very half-ass explanation as to who the tethered were. Okay. And I feel like that explanation <coughs> was not needed. I feel like the movie would have been more successful if you never knew where they were coming from, except for, for from some facility. They didn't need to explain who they were, because with the explanation we got, it left way too many questions. Like, I'm okay with having questions at the end of a film, 
But she says that they were originally created by somebody to, they found out a way to basically clone a human and it was exactly the same except for no soul. And they were going to use them to control humans, but then it didn't work. So they just abandoned them. But they never, but that leaves too many questions for me on like, okay, who were those people and what way were they going to control them? Why would, why would they just not kill you all if they were going to leave hundreds of millions of people under the world? So I think it would have been more successful if she just said that they were uh, clones of them and left it at that. That's my only problem okay. with the film. But other than that, I think that everything else was really well done. It's terrifying. It's a great movie. I will definitely buy it. I will definitely see it again. I just wish that they had just left that little part out. That's fair. Um, that's an interesting point. I, so I've had the... I've got five on it. So I actually have it on my pl- uh, uh, on my work playlist now. <laughs> like, it's been stuck in my head. I'm like, fuck, I do love that song. But And it's throughout the entire movie, guys. Like Even in the, the dance sequence, they play a classical version of I've Got Five on it. It yeah. is the running theme of the whole... The whole movie. Yeah, I mean, what I will say, you know, I, I mean, and we've talked music, we've talked film. The sophomore slump is definitely a term for a reason, and this could have fallen apart oh, yeah. about eight different ways. So the fact that this was still as great as it was, um, I give Jordan Peele a, an insane amount of credit. Uh, I guess he's he's doing he's producing the Candyman remake. I want to say. Which I'm cool with. I love Candyman. Honestly, that's an underrated 90s horror film. It's actually based on a Clive Barker story, though, and that's why it's as successful as it is. Okay. Um, I mean, if Jordan Peele, he's he's fallen to that category for me where if I hear he's attached to something, I go, oh, okay, I, I, I'm going to have to check it out now because he's and attached. He's going to be in Toy Story 4. He is him and yeah him and uh, uh key yeah. yeah they're they're going back to their comedy roots which I think will be really fun. Um, I will say I'm not, I'm not super stoked for Toy Story four because I thought the third one was such a good way oh, to just God, end it. Was it was a perfect ending and, and I'll go see it Toy Story four because I, I love Pixar and I yep. I want to believe that it's gonna be good but I agree with you. There's some like I'm like oh why are you guys like. Why, why, why are you messing with a good thing? You had it perfectly ended. I know, I, I totally agree. But um, I mean, guys, thank you so much. I mean, if you haven't seen us, you really do need to see this. And this was the what the third highest opening for a horror film ever. Yeah, in our seventy it, mil. Yeah, it already made seventy mil, and it made like uh, we on Thursday night it had already made seven point four million dollars, and you know yeah. that's for a limited release because it doesn't technically open until the next day, so. That's insane, and there were tons of people in my theater, and tons of people going to see it. So if you haven't, you should. It's great. So um, I will say, just as, as we kind of wrap up, we got a couple extra minutes here. Um, it was really funny to me. the The budget on this was twenty mil, so this is already beyond the success of what they are expecting. And say what you will about Blumhouse, man, they keep making great films that are profitable, you know, and. I'm really happy for Jordan Peele. I was sitting next, um, me and OJ were sitting next to this couple, and uh, the the the, um, the the girlfriend was or wife, whichever, uh, was really funny because they showed the trailer for Dark Phoenix, and she was like, "Yeah, all right, whatever." And then the trailer for Endgame came out. She was like, "Oh my god, it looks so good!" I was like, "Oh, they're the same company now," but. Um, yeah, I go go see this though. I I really do think if people aren't expecting Get Out Part Two, then I think you'll like this more. If you're expecting something very similar to Get Out, 
I think you might be disappointed because this is definitely a different film from Get Out. But I I enjoyed the hell out of this. So, um, oh yeah, we need to talk about the fact that you have amazing baked goods that um, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know why I'm gonna have you bake. Maybe maybe a pie because that apple pie you made on Instagram. <laughs> like I was I was actually kind of mad. I was like, oh no 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 offer for me whatever. But but yeah, you have an Instagram for that. Uh, yes, um, I've talked about it before, but my Instagram is Bonbon Cure, which is, Bonbon is obvious, but Cure is C-U-I-R-E, it's French for candy baker, uh, <laughs> that's what I mean. Is that what I mean? Yeah. It's Real nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, anyway, check it out, I do all sorts of stuff, my main thing is French macarons, but, uh, I which can, are amazing, I can basically bake whatever you want, and I have the ability to ship, so, let me know. Boom. Hit me up. There you go, and... Yeah, so we will have you on for Twilight Zone, which, if, okay, I will make you this prompt. I will watch the trailer for It Chapter 2. I refuse to watch the first fucking movie, because, again, clowns are just, like, my my kryptonite. I will watch the trailer, and we will talk about it at some point. That's fine. I mean, the I wouldn't, I definitely would not recommend going to see Part 2 without seeing Part 1, though, because Part yeah. 2, they're supposed to be following the book a lot closer, and it's going to get super freaking weird, and everyone's going to hate it, but I will love it. So, so you know, uh, no, let me give you a form here. So why, why do you think people are going to hate it, but you're going to love it? So, the end of it, it's my favorite book of all time. I read it, like, once a year. I've read it, like, probably 20 times. But it's a very meta reference where instead of actually having a physical battle with the entity that is it, it's technically, like, an alien, uh, they have a mind battle, and they meet the turtle, who is the guardian of their nexus point, for their universe, but the turtle can't help them, but he gives them hints on how they're supposed to defeat this uh, entity, and they use a ritual of chud. It's super weird. They have to just, like, keep... It's it's so weird. The ritual of chud basically is, like, an Indian ritual where they are hurting each other, and then they're telling jokes, and the first person to laugh loses. It sounds so weird. I don't know how they're going to do this, but... Uh, what is his name? The guy who directed it. He said that they're following the book a lot closer. I just don't think that people are going to get it okay. because it's referenced so much more in the book and it makes a lot more sense in the book. But when they're going to do this in the movie, people are going to be, I don't think they're going to be as happy with an ending unless they were like, like, it's fine. I'm excited about it because I'm going to be like, yay, book ending. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, now I'm very curious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, so I remember I saw the original. It was Tim Curry, and, and again, Tim Curry scared the shit out of me. And that um, his, his still best role is Muppet Treasure Island. I don't care what anybody says, but but sorry about that for yeah, you. <laughs> but I remember seeing the original in that scaring the shit out of me. Again, uh, is it is it Steven Skarsgård or no? Is that is it? It's Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Thank you. Pardon yeah. me. Um, he, even him showing him on Kimmel doing the Pennywise smile, I went, that is eerie. I don't want to see this at all i uh have my own feelings about pennywise because i don't like i like the tv miniseries um it's not very close to the book and i actually think that the 2017 movie is better in being more faithful to not necessarily like like at least the themes of the book but i prefer tim curry's pennywise because pennywise is not just supposed to be a terrifying monstrosity he's supposed to use the clown as a way to lure children closer to him and yeah. i kept saying that they made bill skarsgård too scary 
So Whereas Tim Curry plays that line between being like charming. terrifying and charming, and he okay. makes so many ridiculous jokes in that movie, and it's great. He's amazing. But I don't think that if Bill Skarsgård had tried to do what Tim Curry did, it would have worked at all. So I think it's fine that he did it the way he did it. So I remember the one scene I did see was when Pennywise had come through the projector or whatever. I was like, cool, I'm never watching the full movie. <laughs> so I was like, all right, that's all I need to see. Because my uh, our co-worker, Mauricio Dick, uh, he sent me a gif of that. And I was like awesome, I'll never watch this movie. Like, I was pretty content in the fact that I would never watch it, but after seeing that, I went, yep, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, but, fuck, goddamn Bill Carter. But, but uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can check us out on uh, Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can check us out on, whew, let me think of all the forums. Okay, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean at The Real Pineapple. Um, this week, there's a review. Uh, we'll have a review up for Dumbo, which actually looks cute. Cause if you see, if you've seen an elephant sneeze, it's adorable. And then Unplanned, which God, I do want to talk about that. Like, I oh God, I, you know, I hope I'm the only person in the theater Thursday night. Like, I can just yell at the screen like a lot of black people do, and just be upset. I hope you are too. I th- thank you. I appreciate that because I I don't want that movie to make any fucking money. Um, if it tells you anything, Glenn Beck loved it. So. Oh <laughs> yeah, because I trust his authority on anything. Yeah, so why you know why why would it be bad? Glenn Beck would never lie to you. And then we'll have a review up uh, this weekend for uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm because it's Batman's 80th birthday. So um, we will be reviewing the best Batman film ever na- made. Hunter, what about Dark Knight? Nope, this is better, and I will tell you why. But, guys, (laughs) yeah, I can already hear the comments. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.